We all carry unique histories and unseen feelings that, if acknowledged, might help us to bridge our differences. Welcome to Sidewalk Ghosts with Richard Radstone. Short, open-hearted stories that reveal the wisdom and vulnerabilities of unique strangers and confirm just how much our individual influence has upon the world we share. Around five years ago, I was pregnant with our third child. I was around six months pregnant. It was, I remember the day exactly, it was November 6th, and I had this awful headache and I couldn't figure out what it was. And then I kind of passed out and bloody nose. And it was just the most excruciating pain I've ever had in my life. And I have migraines and this was nothing compared to what I felt, but it felt like I was in a dream world. And I ended up going to the emergency room. And of course the emergency room staff doesn't want to touch you because you're pregnant. And the labor and delivery staff doesn't want to touch you because you're sick. So it was that weird kind of in between. And luckily there was, and they couldn't figure out what was going on. They said, well, you're pregnant, you have migraines. It was that I was in this dream world. It was so strange. I knew something was terribly wrong, but I really couldn't speak. I had a fever, had a high heart rate and my neck, I couldn't really turn, but they said, oh, well, you're pregnant. You probably slept wrong and all these other things. And so I was actually discharged and the new doctor that came on you know, his shift asked if he could, he said, something feels right. Can we readmit you? And can I do a lumbar puncture, which is a spinal tap? And I didn't care because I just didn't care about anything. I couldn't feel anything. And within minutes after they did it, um, they brought me to the ICU and I found out I had bacterial meningitis. It wasn't until I couldn't feel my legs and my organs started failing that I actually realized that this is it. I'm going to die now. And I, what have I done with my life? How have I dedicated my life? I did celebrity designing. Um, I was the designer's designer for celebrities. I did so many, I had my art on wine bottles. I did so many things. I had two wonderful children. I went to church every Sunday. I would bring meals to people that were sick. I'd sign up and all these things. But then I started realizing that I was the most selfish person. And it was because I didn't give back to this world. I was leaving this world. But what was I leaving it with? How did I make an imprint? How did I make this world better? How am I going to leave and realize that I made a difference for everyone else? Because that's the point of life is to actually change this world for the better and to leave it for other people in a good way. It's not, life isn't meant for yourself. It's meant to serve others. That's the meaning of life. What have I done with my life? Today's stranger now friend, Danielle asks, as a killer called bacterial meningitis dug into her spine. Her organs failing as she visualized an afterlife and the fate of a child she was carrying. Living or perhaps dying in pain as she titles the experience, a dream world. More so, a fear that told her something was terribly wrong. And as she pondered the meaning of life, she lost feeling in her legs. As mixed with a list of other complications, she asked the question of all questions. What would she be leaving behind? And would the child she was bringing into the world survive? She continues. So I ended up having my child, he's good. And um, I was discharged a couple of weeks after he was um, delivered. 
And I had so many parting gifts that I like to call from bacterial meningitis. I had hearing loss in my right ear because my organs were failing. I had a lot of tissue damage on the right side. Um, I had vision problems where it was like, I would knock things over because they would be closer than they appear, kind of like side view mirror type of things. And it, it was, I had seizures, which was all new too. And I knew I was lucky, but, and I also had memory problems, which was huge. It was, we thought that it was gonna be short term, but I didn't remember my husband. I didn't remember getting married. I didn't remember my kids. And I started getting depressed and I started, and I already have depression. And I started getting down the, the track of suicidal thoughts. And I was like, I'm done. I can't be here anymore. Like, oh, it's gonna make me cry. But I was like, I can't be here anymore. I'm not like, I'm not giving anything back anymore. And I swear I came back for a reason, but this isn't it. And so my husband asked, he's like, when were you happy? And I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't know, but I remember I had a horse when I was a kid and I, and I didn't have, I mean, I, I remember I loved horses when I was a kid. And um, he was like, okay, let's find you a horse stat. I'm like, no, but I have to rescue one because that's going to be my good person moment. So I rescued an off the track race horse and I thought, okay, God, I've done it. Look at this. I've rescued this horse. We are bonding. I thought I was saving this horse, but this horse was saving me. And I was like, this is amazing. Thank you. I realized why you brought me back. I'm such a good person. And he's like, nope, not yet. And I'm like, oh, you're right. And in that moment, I realized, gosh, if I could do this for me, imagine how many other people I could do this for. We ended over taking over this place and moved in here and we have over 65 animals. And I'm like, okay, so then I started bringing in people, adults with special needs would come in because I'd see them at the mall and they would be there, but there was nothing that gave them true purpose, nothing that really treated them like an adult. And all these adult daycare programs are amazing. They're incredible, but was there a farm? Was there something that they can do that they can actually get healing and, and, and really feel like they, you know, they're making a difference because they are. And that's when I started opening it up to adults with special needs and they came in and it was just the most healing feeling for me and for them. And I had adults with special needs that were going through depression and their parents had told me that the farm saved their life. And then I started bringing in people with suicidal thoughts and different things where they were able to focus on other things and other people and helping these animals. And it allowed them to, to take their problems and not minimize it, but at least put them on the back burner for a bit to just kind of realize that there is goodness out there and there is something bigger and there is something to smile. And, you know, there, there's these animals are so healing. So I, I brought in also people that were incarcerated. I, you know, changed their lives. I, I knew that I went through a lengthy interview process and I take that on. And, and some of them, they've been in jail since they were 13 and they were in gangs and they just didn't really have a mother that really loved them or anyone that wanted to give them a second chance. It's the most simple thing that I tell people. And just because you're making bad decisions doesn't mean you need to continue making bad decisions. I give you permission to start making good decisions right now. She calls them parting gifts as she downplays ICU and 60 days of hospital nights. Laughs off memory hardships evolved into early stage dementia. 
openly expresses her contemplated suicide as she speaks of a deep depression that was brought on by a host of physical limitations. Realities lived, and realities that as she sees beyond herself, she helps others release their demons. A life change blessing the world around her, and one that in the end supports an animal farm and programs enhancing and saving the lives of many. She speaks of her obstacles and of the reasons that keep her going. I get a lot of people that actually say, why do you do this? This looks exhausting. And, you know, I think it would be different if I didn't see, if I didn't get a phone call at two in the morning that knew that someone was driving here and they just want to turn their wheel and turn into a tree. And I tell them to come here. And if if I didn't actually know the lives that it saved, if, if I didn't actually see it, I think it would be more difficult, but if you could save one life, I think it's worth it. And and I know I at least saved one life, either by the farm or just by being there. I, you know, those, those things don't matter to me because everybody has these dark moments in their life, whether they want to admit it or not. Mental health plays a big part in it. We all go to dark sides, especially with the pandemic. We've all realized that just having suicidal thoughts or being depressed isn't a stigma anymore. It's not something that you go, oh, well, that sounds like an issue. You should talk about with the professional and not talk about it with anyone else because that's bad or you have problems. It's become very apparent that people have this. And to know that, that I saved that life, but that life didn't, it wasn't just one life. It was an impact to what their life impacted. And I think it would be different if I didn't have that, if I didn't see that in the beginning. I think maybe I would understand where they're coming from. But when you get to know that you actually saved someone's life and they're coming to you and telling you that you saved their life, and you have that multiple times, you go, wow, that's that's incredible. It's just being a good human is what it is. It's, it's, it has nothing to do with being Christian or Jewish or Muslim or whatever. Just be a good human. And being a good person is all that matters. And if you could just lean, lead with kindness, I mean, the world would be an amazing place. And if, and if, that's, if other people don't want to do it, that's okay. That's their own issues. And they get to deal with that with the big guy later and, you know, have fun with that. It's going to be good for them. That'll be a good learning experience. But, you know, I'm not here to judge them or to change them or to make them think differently. I'm just here to be a good person. Why do you do this? It looks exhausting, a lot of people ask her. But in listening to her reply, it's hard to not be inspired. I'm just doing this to be a good human, she says, as she speaks of the big guy her reference for a higher power. Thoughts that push us all to recheck our attitudes as we think about the power word she expresses, that being kindness. She calls us to action. If you take these steps and you inspire someone else, that's incredible. It's a ripple effect, right? You're, you're making, you're, you've, you've now changed someone to think, huh, what can I do? What can I, what can I give back? How do I do that? And then that's changing their generation, their children to see how giving and how loving and how caring you are. So it may not be in this world that we're going to change or in this time that we're going to change, but it's going to happen when our children see it. And when they see that you're living your life in a less selfish way or that you care more about others and that you have this responsibility to be a good person, that's really where the change is. What could I give back, she projects as she dreams of a ripple effect, labels selflessness as the gateway to change. 
points out the reach our attitudes and actions have in living forward. And as she asks us to look at our individual impact, she refers to the children and the importance of caring for others. And to conclude it all, she points right back to her grounding question. Would a good person do that? Am I a good person? Like when you really start to think about it and you start to ask, who is a good person? I mean, that, that really means a lot. And, and whether it's Mother Teresa or Gandhi, whoever your good person is in your mind, how would you make them happy? How would they look at you and smile and say, you're doing good. And that's what it means to be a good person. So just be a good person. Big shout out to today's guest, Daniel Judd. Um, her organization is Farmhouse Rescue. You can check out what she's doing at farmhouserescue.org. And yes, Danielle, we love your counsel to just be a good person. If you'd like to be a guest on Sidewalk Ghosts, it's really easy. Just go to the website, sidewalkghosts.com, navigate to the podcast page. On there, there's a forum. You can tell me a little bit about yourself and we'll do all we can to get you on the show. Or even easier, just toss me an email and just say, hey, I heard your show. Um, I have something to share and I'd like to be on the show. The Patreon site's still there at patreon.com forward slash Sidewalk Ghosts. Every little bit helps grow Sidewalk Ghosts. and helps me to be more consistent with getting podcasts out there. The engineering and the, the cost of it are continuing to grow. Also, all the likes, shares, comments help a ton in growing Sidewalk Ghosts. And I have one more thing to announce. I've started another project called Radstone Blog. It will be going in tandem with Sidewalk Ghosts. It's a daily series of meeting strangers and other thoughts that are addressing one global question, that is why. To find it, simply go online and search radstoneblog.com. If you'd like to sponsor Sidewalk Ghosts, please reach out to me, toss me an email, give me a call. We'd love to talk to you. And for all of us, please never forget, your individual impact truly does matter to someone else in the world.